was lovely. Thank you, choir. And Molly Cronin-Williams here with the cello. Um, do note that when I came here, I changed some things, the way the liturgist did some things, and Drew Seabright has been holding a grudge ever since, so we have him here so he can read scripture today, because that's your favorite thing. <laughs> this will go pastor and liturgist back and forth until the end of the psalm where the congregation is asked to participate, and at the end, then it's all of us. This is Psalm 104, the 24th through the 34th verses, and the 35th B verse. O Lord, how manifold are your works! In wisdom you have made them all. The earth is full of your creatures. There is the sea, great and wide. Creeping things innumerable are there. 
living things, both small and great. There go the ships and the Leviathan that you formed to sport in it. These all look to you to give them their food in due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the ground. May the, May the Lord of the Lord endure forever. May the Lord, Lord rejoice in his works. Who looks on the earth and it trembles, who touches the mountains and they smoke. I will, I will sing, sing to the, the Lord as long as, as I live. live. I will, I will sing, sing praise, praise to my God while I have being. May my meditation be pleasing to him, for I rejoice in the Lord. Bless, Bless the, Lord, the Lord, O my soul. Praise, praise the Lord. And of course, today is Pentecost, so we have the familiar story of Pentecost as we find it in the second chapter of Acts. Hear this word from God. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like a rush of a violent wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them. And, the tongue, and a tongue rested on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished they asked, are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Amamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But others sneered and said, They are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them, Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be as God declares that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. Even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days 
I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show portents in the heaven above, and signs on earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. And the sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I don't think that recently I have been in a public setting, a gathering of people, where the MC of that event hasn't said something like, Wow, it's been a really hard two years. It's nice to see us all together because we haven't been able to do that. And you know, that's true enough. Pandemic created all kinds of problems, not just for health, but socially and relationally. The big worry for us pastorally was, how do we keep people socially distanced without keeping them socially isolated? Now, some of my older friends, I know one in particular would sit and have conversations with someone far away. Someone in an apartment in New York City, whom she invented, but with whom she could have a conversation and say, yes, here in Wheeling, I miss my friends too, just like you do, where you are. Now, in another time, in another place, we might think that was a little bit nutty. But given the fact that she had the potential to be completely isolated I thought it was brilliant. It was a way she found to survive and create community even in the midst of the isolation of pandemic. You know what community is. You know how important it is to you. If nothing else, the pandemic should have reinforce that for us. People are designed to live with other people. We belong together. We're hardwired that way. In the beginning, God created. Right? When you read the text, do you know why God created Eve? God created Eve because Adam was lonely. He needed community. He needed other people to be around him. Not to mention the fact that the text says that the Trinity we created, let us create for him a companion. We are designed to be together. To live as one. We're relational beings. 
And all of you are looking at me now saying, what does any of that have to do with Pentecost? Okay, hold on. Pentecost is sometimes called the reverse Babel story. Do you remember the story of Babel where the people get so excited about being like God that they try to build a tower to reach God into the sky? And God doesn't like it one bit. And so God creates different languages that the people can't communicate with each other. And they stop building their tower to the sky because there's no way for them to cooperate. The community is decimated. In Pentecost, the opposite happens. People are speaking different languages and yet they can understand each other and they understand that they're talking about the power of God and can come together as one people to celebrate that power. Now that's a good story. We're designed to live Together. You know that on so many levels. But here are some levels you don't know. Do you know why on Sunday morning when I say good morning and you answer back, I make you respond? Because I'm in community with you. See, the give and take of this kind of preaching needs community. I need you to succeed up here. And when you stare at the wall, or just try to figure out what the cellist is going to play next, or write your grocery list, I can tell who's engaged and who isn't. makes my preaching better because it's a community activity. We're in this together. Do you understand that in the worship service there's a part of it that is designed to be one section? It's It's the part of it where we confess our sins. Then we silently confess or we corporately confess, that's what we say together. Then we silently confess, that's our own sins. We silently confess them because your neighbor then doesn't get to know what you're doing. Then you receive a pardon. And having been pardoned, then you are free to pardon other people. That's the passing of the peace. We think it's time to plan where you're going to eat lunch after worship. But it's not designed that way. It's designed to be a very critical part of that process of forgiving and being forgiven and then reaching out in forgiveness. And I know that, and it's very important to me as part of the worship service. So when I came here and people used to get up and just mill around for like minutes at a time, drove me nuts. I kept saying, make them sit down. They need to understand what this is. It's important. 
And then it occurred to me, we're designed to do life together. All of that theology of worship is very important. But we're designed to do life together. And it became more important in my mind for us to gather together as a community, to enjoy one another, even if we were passing Tupperware back and forth. To say, hey, this is important to us at Vance. Because community matters here. It's a statement we haven't always been able to make. So now we can show it. And by the way, remember that theology of passing the peace because it's very important. They gathered on Pentecost in what was actually a Jewish holiday. Pentecost is a Jewish holiday. They were gathered together as Jews and inspired by the Spirit A community was formed where Peter could preach the message of Jesus and all could understand because they were one, gathered together in love. Friends, on this day when we celebrate the beginning of the church. Let us not forget to celebrate the fact that we don't have to do life alone, that we can live as one community of faith, loving and living in this world together. Amen.